皆様ご起立ください Konnichiwa, Olympics fans and lovers of Shuklistan. Welcome to Keep the Flame Alive, the podcast for fans of the Olympics and Paralympics. I am your host, Jill Jarris, joined as always by my lovely co host, Alison Brown. Alison, Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. I did not work my new plan because it ended up that everything I wanted to see was on at like one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, and there were delays today because of weather, and, and that affected a lot of sports. So I went to bed much later than I wanted to. I still got up at like five in the morning to catch the end of the day, and then I fell asleep on the couch for about an hour while I sat and watched. So it was a scramble at the end of the day to finish up the competitions I was in the middle of. I am definitely enjoying the, I keep one thing on and have the next thing um, keyed up. So it's like 15 minutes later. So then I can speed through sort of certain mm. things like when all the chit chatting and the waiting for scores and, but yeah, I still have not optimized my viewing. Well, we have one more week. I know. Well, we'll be ready for Beijing though. We said that with Pyeongchang oh. too. <laughs> But winter we'll is. Be ready for the, we'll be ready for the Paralympics. Very true. Uh, Pyeongchang and Tokyo, we have discovered, and we knew this winter is so different. It, it really is. So this has been, this has been a lot of fun, but it's been a lesson in how big the Olympics actually are. Absolutely. So uh, from our follow-up file, I had a question about uh, horses and the foaming at the mouth listener Hillary told me that dressage riders use the bit to control their horses and a bit in the horse's mouth breaks the suction of their lips. The air mixes with their saliva and causes the foam. Oh, nice. That was very interesting. Thank you. A uh, little correction from listener Pete day three, we were talking about Monica Abbott being six, three and comparing her to the big hurt. And we meant to say that was Randy Johnson. Yes. That's exactly who I was thinking of. And then, uh, again, talking with uh, Elizabeth Emery from uh, Hear Her Sports Podcast, we were talking about how riders in the road cycling race can float back to the peloton of cars and get food and water and they can get their shoes put on them if they need to. She said, oh, they can also do mechanical repairs while you're on the bike. <laughs> I'm telling you, mothers of toddlers. <laughs> They are the workhorses of the Olympic Games. Who knew? That's who should be doing the training for the support staff. All right. Where is our chef de mission, Marnie McBean, today? Well, she has been at rowing and she has been at rugby and trampoline. She was also at basketball with three flags and her drum. <laughs> I, I am not surprised she was at rowing to see that incredible race. We will get to it when we talked about rowing. I got to say, she is probably, I, I know we're following her specifically, but if I was an Olympian, I would want her as my chef de mission. She's been amazing. And I had to look up who was the chef de mission for a Team USA. And it's like the director of sport for performance from the USOPC. And you're just like, that's not even, that, I mean, they can be there for you and they know what, you know, they've probably been to Olympics before, but not in the same capacity that Marnie did when she competed and she knows exactly those feelings that you're going through. And she really took a role I don't think she expected to take on in being cheerleader 
Demission, you know, families aren't there, and and so a lot of support staff couldn't go, and the people who are usually around. So she's going to all these events with her flag and her drum and taking pictures with people, and the athletes are all commenting how beautiful it is for them and how they know she's there and they hear the drum, and it feels like Canada is with them. So amazing, amazing job by Marnie McBean in this role. Uh, so there were uh, a few thunderstorms in the area that delayed a lot of action. So rugby got delayed because it, there was lightning. Uh, BMX got delayed because the track was soaked and golf was interrupted. And there's still a few players left to finish up round two in the golf tournament. Fantasy League, how is our league doing? So I have been having a problem in trying to update my fantasy brackets right before primetime on Eastern U.S. time starts. And I can't get into the system because it's overquoted. <laughs> and I'm sure it's just overloaded like crazy. So I'm hoping that I can get in while Japan sleeps and that part of the world sleeps and uh, make some swaps because I have some athletes who are not competing anymore. Sholistan still killing it with 443 points. Colibri still in second with 168. And uh, P.S. Gola, Patrick from Green Bay, uh, has jumped ahead of me at 141. Over in brackets, I'm still in the lead, but the behind me is shaken out a little bit. So Olympic fan Dan, Sholistan, and Omega Beth are 10 points behind me, and Lisa Brown is 10 points behind that. I am not. So I do have some, I don't think I have any points in brackets, but I was so excited this morning that I actually have points in the fantasy league. <laughs> I, have 28. I, think is, I think there is still time to get in on the action for fantasy league in brackets. You can find out how to join us at flamealivepod.com slash Tokyo. All right. What officiating or volunteer job would we want? Do you have a, do you have a job that you'd want today? Well, I want the job that you don't want. Oh my goodness. Okay. I was watching trampoline and they have four spotters around the trampoline and then the, the athletes coach is there with a pad. And I got to say the pad is really cool because it's Tokyo 2020 branded. <laughs> but I was petrified when you, the, some of those gymnasts got one of them got hit the pads. Uh, one, of, uh, you know, they get really close. One of them slipped and fell. And it's just I think being a spotter would be incredibly stressful and frightening. I would be too worried. You see, but I would like that job because I could do something about the worry. Oh, okay. Because then I would be worried, but here comes my pad to save them. So if they bounce off the bouncy part, and this happened in the early rounds, I think it was the Australian, she basically went clean off the trampoline and the pad caught her. See, that's a job, also another job for mothers of toddlers, where you can do something with your concern. I will take that. I liked stuff that was going on at the BMX track. I really liked the starter pattern, which includes watch the gates. Uh, but then when I was watching the feed, they showed people behind the scenes with clipboards, checking in riders and anything that's got a clipboard in it. Oh, just hand it to me. I'll bring my own. I have my own clipboards. And your own whistle. I have multiple clipboards and multiple whistles. <laughs> I got you covered. Oh, and, and I saw my first uh, cowbell. In the stands. Oh, okay. So I was excited about that. So that would be sort of my volunteer job is ringing the cowbell to cheer people on. There you go. All right. Time for our new segment. What's up with Mike and Maya? That is the Mike and Maya are the stars of Toyota's first date ad spot in their Start Your Impossible 
campaign where Mike, uh, junior high, I would assume, Mike asks Maya to the school dance via a being on a robot screen that rolls through the school hallways. So yesterday, there has been a lot of Mike and Maya talk in my house. I, more than anybody wants to hear. But I was wondering if Maya was out of Mike's league and he had to ask her right away while he had whatever courage he, he pulled together in the hospital. Figuring somebody would get to her first. Exactly. See, what I noted yesterday was Mike is not wearing any pants. <laughs> and I was a little concerned about him asking the girl out in his hospital gown. Now, I realize he has a broken leg, so pants would be difficult, but maybe slip on some shorts, cargo shorts. It's cool. I mean, he had to ask Maya out because, you know, in the background is on the left. If you're looking at the TV on the left is Javon in the background with the trucker cap. And I think he has his sights set on Maya, too. And Mike just got to her first. And I have a feeling that Maya likes Mike, but her friends may not approve because there's a couple judgy looking girls there. Yeah, we will get to that tomorrow. <laughs> not, not begun to get in on Maya's friends. So if you have thoughts about Mike and Maya, please let us know, flamealivepod at gmail.com or drop it in our Facebook group, uh, Keep the Flame Alive Podcast on Facebook. Before we get to today's action, we would like to tell you about our Kickstarter campaign. Surprise, we got media accreditations for the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Those are less than 200 days away. And that means in 200 uh, within 200 days, we have to pay for a pretty expensive trip to make sure we can get there and be on the ground for both the Olympics and the Paralympics. So we're talking about a six-week span. But we are really excited to have the opportunity to bring you a better podcast experience that only comes with having an on-the-ground presence. And as a podcast that is a, an independent outlet, we really need your support to get there. You can find out more about our campaign and check out some of our supporter bonuses. We're sending postcards from Beijing to some supporters. Your pet could be our mascot. You could tell us where to go and be a producer for a day. So far, we're about 20% of the way toward our goal, which is awesome. So thank you so much, everyone who has donated so far. And uh, we're really hoping to get to at least 50% by the end of the Olympics. So if you're able, please check out our Kickstarter at kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. All right. Action in archery. It was the women's individual finals to, uh, today. Oh, this was so exciting. I have to say, lots and lots of shoot-offs. So everything got tied up and they had to go to the one arrow shoot-off and whoever is closest to the center of the bullseye wins. Korea's Ansan won the gold and she and she won the gold in a shootout against uh, Elena Osipova from ROC. Uh, Ansan also beat out Deepika Kumari from India in the quarterfinals and Mackenzie Brown in the semifinals to to get to that gold medal match uh i was really bummed because i was hoping that deepika was on a different part of the bracket to not have to meet ansan that that early in the tournament then lucila bori from italy won the bronze she meet, beat mackenzie brown and it was just honestly shootouts 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 um super exciting Ansan is the first athlete from Korea to become a triple gold medalist at a Summer Olympics. So congratulations to her. She shot incredibly well. 
And there were like games where she was just perfect. It was unbelievable. Athletics. Oh, man. I am not ready for athletics to start I yet. did not tune into athletics because I cannot watch athletics until swimming is done. Mm. I hate the crossover weekend and I hate it every time. I, I agree. And there's just a lot of qualifying right now, except for there was one final. So we'll get to that. The mixed four by 400 meter relay started, and that's a new event for Tokyo. Uh, both the Dominican Republic and the USA were disqualified in round one, which was amazing. The US, I found out, it was a, a mishap on the on one of the baton exchanges. I'm not sure exactly what they did wrong. Interesting note that I want to kind of pay attention to because this was almost an issue at the USA Olympic trials. The announcers mentioned that starts all session long had been very quick. So they do that uh, on your marks and then they hold it and then they shoot the gun, but they're shooting the gun pretty quickly on that on your marks set moment. At U.S. Olympic trials, there was kind of a long period of time. So there were several people that may have flinched a little bit and got disqualified. And then they got put back in after appeal because they really hadn't. So I'm curious what the strategy is from the starters perspective. And then the men's 10,000 meter final gold went to Ethiopia's uh, Salomon Borega and then Joshua Cheptegi from Uganda and Jacob Kiplimo from Uganda. All one, they were within a second of each other. So it was a really close race. And good news for, uh, for one of our Shuklastanis, Shot putter Michelle Carter will be on NBC's analyst team. So she'll be on Peacock in the morning and on USA in the afternoon. I am excited about that. Moving on to badminton. I did watch one of the women's singles quarterfinals between Okuhara Nozumi from Japan and Hei Bingzhao from China. Oh my goodness. Back and forth. Hei Bingzhao won two to one, but the gains were pretty tight and... Okuhara like hung in there and there were so many long rallies that it was really exciting to watch and we felt really bad that she didn't have a big crowd to watch her. So Hei Bing Zhang moves on to the semifinals. The mixed doubles had their gold medal matches. Gold and silver both went to China. Uh, gold is to Wang Yi Lu and Huang Dongping and silver was Zheng Xiwei and Huang Ya Chang, and uh, bronze went to Japan's Watanabe Yuta and Higashino Arisa. They beat Hong Kong to win. Uh, in the baseball stadium, still in group play, Dominican Republic beat Mexico 1-0, and the U.S. beat Israel 8-1. to Because Israel's been too busy jumping on the bed. Exactly. <laughs> In basketball, the women played. I caught a bit of Belgium versus Puerto Rico, mostly because I wanted to try to see the halftime robot, which which I did. But it was one of those, of course, it's halftime. They have to break away to commercial, and then they have to show the graphic with the first half stats. And it's just like, you know, the robot is doing its thing. And then it finally pulled down the graphic and you could see the robot finally doing like a half court shot. And that robot is big. I did not. It's like a giant. It's a shack robot. It's a shack bot. <laughs> and then I saw it walk away and I was trying to get a little video of it. And then it cut. 
to Mike and Maya. I am not kidding you. <laughs> Wrong robot. <laughs> I have noticed, we, we've talked about this before on the feed, where ads just break in and, and it's just randomly. And I'm sure that's because they're doing dynamic ad insertion, which says basically at this time code, put in an ad. Honest to Pete, during gymnastics, middle of the beam routine yesterday and an ad came up. Yeah, I was watching dressage in the middle of a test. And I'm like, wait, where's pumpkin? I, I don't want Mike and Maya. I want pumpkin back. So very frustrating. It is. I wish I and I get that they're just levering technology that nobody's sitting down there making an ad schedule. Torturing but, us. Yeah, but I would l- love if NBC figured out how to do that better. The technology needs to improve a little bit to make that work. Uh, beach volleyball. Did you see anything from beach volleyball? Yeah, the only thing I saw with beach volleyball is that it was pouring and they were slogging through the sand. It was it was like playing beach volleyball in mud. So not a heck of a lot of jumping going on. Oh, that would be tough. Um, boxing is still in preliminaries, but they're moving on to quarterfinals and some of the weight classes. So we'll start to bring you more of that action. Canoe slalom. The men are on the course. They had the K1 semifinals and finals. Gold went to Czech Republic's uh Jiri Prishkovic. Uh, silver went to Slovakia's uh, Jakob Grigar. And Germany's Agnier Hannes won the bronze. BMX cycling. Oh, oh this, this. This has been rough. This has been rough. And we've both been upset about it. So I did not see it live. I thankfully knew what happened before I watched. But Connor Fields, our Shuk Flastani, got in quite a and it wasn't the only crash of the day no this was this was a bit of of demolition we know we joked with him about it not being demolition derby but today was i'm very curious how the track was because of the the thunderstorms they had they delayed the racing by a couple hours at least and they had to have lots of crews out with pads soaking up water and like leaf blowers vacuuming up or blowing the water away. I wonder how much of the track was slick. Although it sounded like it was fairly, the asphalt was fairly porous and there was sand under, underneath to get for drainage. But but still, it still looked a little damp. So do not watch this crash unless you've got a strong stomach because Connor Fields hits the pavement, and you know he's out. I mean, yeah. you just, you know he's knocked out because of the way he just goes limp like a rag doll. It was horrific. And it happened pretty quickly. He had been doing well. This was a second run of the semifinals. He had been racing really well, looking very strong and very fit. Down into the first berm, he turns and he's just behind, just because of his position in the gate, he's behind another rider. And as they go into the berm, he clips the other rider's back. The French, wheel it was the French rider. And then goes flying and took out another. There were a couple. It was three. Yeah, yeah. Three cyclists went out in that crash. And as I was watching it, I kept thinking about how when we spoke to him, he joked about his mother worrying about him because I said to him, oh, now I have to worry about you. Mm-hmm. My heart just sank watching that. It was tough. 
And uh, ironically, he still qualified for the finals, but he had been taken out on a stretcher and been taken to the hospital. So there was no way he was starting. That meant there would be a new Olympic champion. So Netherlands, Nick, Nick uh, Kimon won gold. Silver went to uh, Kai White from Great Britain. And Carlos Alberto Ramirez Yepes from Colombia won the bronze. So you checked on Connor this morning and found yes. some yes. some good information. Yeah. Sports Illustrated had been in communication with Connor's dad and knew that his son was alert and answering questions and moving all his limbs. But he's in some pain and subdued and he, he'll be going under uh going through some CT scans on his head, spine, and abdomen. So we'll keep an eye out on that and and update you as we find out information. On the women's side, Great Britain's Bethany Schriever won gold. Colombia's Mariana Payon won a silver. And then she was going for her third gold medal and got silver this time. And then Meryl Smulders from Netherlands won the bronze. So I have a theory because there were a couple of British riders in here and Britain's been killing it in the pool and they've been doing well on diving. My theory is that we are nine years out from London 2012. Are we starting to get the athletes who were inspired by the Olympics being in their home country and they're starting to show up at the Olympics now? Excellent. Yeah, I'm, you're absolutely right. Well, I don't know. I'm, that is a theory. No, I, I think it's an absolute accurate theory because number one, Team GB did well in London. Mm -hmm. Lots of people went, lots of people saw. It became part of the culture in a way that I don't think it had been lost because obviously the UK has been in the Olympics since the beginning, but London 2012 kind of reinvigorated that culture right. in the UK. Right. So I think you are absolutely right. And it's interesting because one of the legacy points of London 2012 was to get the average public to exercise more and be more fit. And that part hasn't worked. But I wonder if it inspired enough people to become athletes and they're now competitive. And I'm also wondering if it also provided the facilities. I mean, mm, what, yeah. you know, when we're talking about cycling and velodromes and training facilities and courses, they're all right there now. So they're not having to travel outside of the UK for some of these facilities. Good point. Diving, the women's three meter springboard preliminary started. So we will be tuning into more action on that. Uh, in equestrian, the eventing dressage team and individual day one occurred. How did our Shukflastani Philip Dutton do? So Team USA is in ninth place. Excellent. And dressage is not their strongest portion. So they were very pleased with where their standing is at this point in the competition. One of the jobs that's getting higher up on the jobs I would do are the volunteers that take the fences out for the horse to go into the dressage arena. Watch where you step. Yeah, one poor horse did his business during the test. Did you I've see seen, that? I've seen that. That's actually happened a few times as I've been watching dressage. And the commentator, who is lovely, just talks about the horse. Oh, it's so sad. He's got to do his business right now. Fencing. Men's Epe team competition happened, and Japan won their first gold in fencing. 
So congratulations to them. ROC took silver and Korea took the bronze. And I got to say, to see two Asian countries, and you can debate, ROC usually think of it as Europe, but most of the countries in Asia. That's incredible that that Asian countries have become a lot stronger in that sport. Right, because fencing is usually so so Eurocentric. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Football, women's quarterfinal action. Oh, super exciting. Canada beat Brazil. They were tied nothing and nothing, so they had to go to penalty shootouts, which Canada won 4-3. Australia beat Great Britain 4-3. Sweden beat Japan 3-1. And Netherlands and USA tied 2-2. And on penalty shootouts, US won 4-2. And I tuned in right for like the last kick. Yeah, I mean... Leading into it, USA was going to wipe the floor with everybody, and they have not been dominant. No, they have not done well. And I have looked a little bit at that that news coverage, and there's been a little mention of not having fans in the stands. You don't have that energy and, and excitement. And I wonder how it is for sports that are used to having an audience versus sports who are used to not having an audience. And I'm just like, oh... Nobody goes to modern pentathlon anyway, so we're used to this versus World Cup stadiums with 45, 60, 80,000 fans there. And given the personality of the American soccer team, I would see that the crowd would be such a feed for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they really live for that. And and I don't mean that as a criticism. I just mean it as their the style of the team is very outward and extroverted. And so, yeah, I could see them struggling with that. In golf, men had the round two of their individual stroke play. Moving on to handball, we're just about out of the group stage. So over the next couple of days, we will be paying more attention to that to see who moves on to the quarterfinals. Same goes with hockey. I still have not been able to watch India in hockey and it's killing me. Uh, judo. We watched a lot of judo last night. So uh, it was the women's plus 78 kilograms competition and the men's plus 100 kilograms competition. So this is the last of the individuals. Then there's going to be a team competition, which is new for Tokyo. These are big people. And <laughs> these and and you get there was one matchup between uh, I, I can't remember who it was between, but the one woman was very large and you can just see even with a gi on that's pretty loose in the pants you can see the strength in their legs is just incredible and then they just have so much power and heft in the rest of their body and there was one woman who was like lean all the way down but she still was in that weight class and you're just like oh you are not going to get very much farther (laughs) She, she didn't this honestly, this is one to go back and watch. So, uh, Sone Akira from Japan won the gold. This, uh, you know, one of the quarterfinals, I think, or one of the repassage bouts was like forty-two seconds long. And so, I we were sitting down this morning watching it because the the play went really late. And I was like, Ben, you just don't look at your phone. You got to watch. This will be over in no time. This bout went. Went full time and then went into a long golden score period before Sone pulled out the win over Cuba's uh, Idalis Ortiz, who is a multi-Olympian and a multi-medalist. And, oh, man, that was a tough match. Then 
bronzes went to uh, Roman Dico from France, who is an up-and-coming star. So watch for her for Paris. She was really, really good. And then she had the fiercest braid game. She had her, she had hair full of braids. They were white. And then on the side, she had a stripe of red and a stripe of blue to look like the flag. It was beautiful. And then the other bronze went to uh, Irina Kinzierska from Azerbaijan. On the men's side, gold went to Czech Republic's Lukas Kropelik. Silver went to Georgia's Guram Tushvili. And bronzes went to ROC's Tamerlan Bashev and France's Teddy Reiner. Rowing. I tuned in and I, I kept bouncing back and forth between rowing and other stuff. Wow, what a day. So women, single skulls. New Zealand's Emma Twig won gold. So yay, silver ferns. ROC's Hannah Prakatsen won silver. And Austria's Magdalena Lobnig won bronze. On the men's side, Greece's Stefanos Natiskos won uh, the gold. It's an Olympic best time. This is Greece's first ever rowing gold medal and was a surprise victory. And I noticed on rowing, you know, on swimming, it's all about world records. And the times in rowing are Olympic best and world best. I don't know the difference, but it's on my list. Maybe it's the same how some sport used ladies and some sports use women. It's just tradition. I don't know. Or maybe they have to have bests because the conditions change. I don't know. Then Norway's Kjetel Borch won a silver and Damir Martin from Croatia won bronze. Then you brought out the big boats, the eights, which we have red boys in the boat. So the eights is, we understand the specialness of the eights. We went rowing with gold medalist from Rio, Tessa Gobo. We understand the U.S.'s tradition. Women's eights has won many, many gold medals in the last few Olympics. Here, not a factor at all. What a stunning upset. Canada won gold. A commanding performance from them. They were just, they looked so good on the water. New Zealand won silver and China won bronze. On the men's eight side, New Zealand took gold. So yay, silver ferns. Man, they uh, had a nice day on the water. Did have a good day. And uh, Germany took silver and Great Britain took bronze. The U.S. has never really had an Olympics where they have not won a medal in rowing. The only two times that this has happened was 1908 and 1980 when we didn't have rowers competing. So wow. this, is, this is huge for the U.S. rowing program. Rugby sevens, did you see any of this? Oh, I only have two eyes. And as we've already established, I can only watch one thing at a time. And I, I do occasionally need to sleep. <laughs> All right. Rugby sevens. We had pool play early on. And then in the afternoon, it was uh, placings and quarterfinals. Fiji upset defending gold medalist Australia to get into the next round. This is the first time Fijiana has ever been able to beat Australia. It was uh, a tight game by score, 14-12, but Australia's, like, one of their last tries came right at the end. It was it was pretty, not dominant, but Fiji scored early and quick. They got a couple of tries very quick and looked good, and they had pretty good defense. And it, it was really a tough game. And Australia, of course, heartbroken, but so excited for Fiji. 
Did you see any of the shots of the parties in Fiji when the men won? Yes, yes. They were going crazy. It was exciting. Can you imagine? See, that's the thing. Can you imagine if the women won as well? The party would never stop. Right, right. So also moving on, uh, New Zealand beat ROC pretty handily. Great Britain beat U.S., and France beat China. So the semifinals will be Fiji versus New Zealand and Great Britain versus France. Sailing, I did not get to watch any sailing, but our Shuklastanis competed, Stephanie Robel and Maggie Shea, in the 49er FX. They had three more races, and they placed 5th, ninth, and 13th in those, and overall they are sitting in 6th place. I was watching some of the lasers. Mm-hmm. And it was looking a bit like bumper boats. Really? Blowing all over the place. And I assume it had to do because of the conditions. Interesting. Huh. I have to turn in. Uh, Inside the Games reported that in the laser men's, Australia's Matt Warren is so far ahead that even though they're still racing, that's going to happen. He can't be caught. So he should be getting the gold. So that's pretty interesting. On the shooting range, it was the 25-meter pistol competition for the women. Gold went to Vitalina Batsarskina from ROC, Kim Min-jung from Korea won silver, and Xiao Shishuan from China won the bronze. Swimming, which I dipped into and out of yesterday because judo. A lot more races. You dipped into swimming. Did you just say you dipped into swimming? I did. I also know to put the round thing in the round thing. <laughs> anyway, did you did you watch your beloved Rowdy Games? I did. <laughs> and what was really funny was they showed him, they, they replayed the Caleb uh, Dressel mm. race from the night before, but they showed it with Rowdy's view, as in like oh. watching Rowdy watch Caleb Dressel. Oh, that's and cool. he was so nervous and so excited. And he, he was like a dad. It was fantastic. Aw. Again, some semifinals, but the fi- in the finals of competition, we had women's 200-meter breaststroke. So Lily King was back out there trying to win a gold medal in her keystroke. But South Africa's Tatiana Schoenmacher beat her out for the gold and got a world record time. She, Oh, my goodness. She was crying so much on the victory on the podium. Best moment of the night was she was in the pool. She realized she had won and and Lily King and, and Annie Laser were on either side of her. So they go to congratulate her and, and the other South African swimmer comes over and then she realizes she got the world record and her whole face lights up and all four of them are trying to hug each other in the pool. It was It was a wonderful moment where clearly the love and respect among the competitors came through. And I just... That's why we love it. That's why we watch this. Exactly. And Lily King took silver and Annie Laser, also from the U.S., took bronze. In the men's 200-meter backstroke, Evgeny Riloff from ROC won gold. Ryan Murphy from USA won silver. And Britain's Luke Greenbank won the bronze. So again, more Team GB in the pool, cleaning up with the medals. In the women's 100-meter freestyle, Australia's Emma McCown won gold. Siobhan Bernadette Howie from Hong Kong won silver. And Kate Campbell from Australia won bronze. Again, Siobhan from Hong Kong, another medal. This is just incredible. Yeah, it, 
this was a tough race to watch because Kate Campbell looked very disappointed. And I hate that, you know, she's excited to win a medal, but when you expected better Mm -hmm. of yourself and you didn't race your race. So that was a little, she just looks at, and then her teammate wins gold. So she's excited for her. So it was, it was an interesting race to watch the emotions play out. And then the uh, session ended with the men's 200 meter individual medley uh, finals. China's Wang Shang won gold. Great Britain's Duncan Scott won silver. And Switzerland's Jeremy Desplanche won bronze. So I did want to mention, because we haven't talked at all about Michael Phelps, and I realize he's the American announcer, so only the Americans are going to get this. But he has been doing some in-the-studio analysis. He hasn't been at the swimming venue. I thought he'd been at the swimming venue, too, because he's gone through a couple of races with... He's done a few races. He's called races, but not everyone. Right. But mostly when I've seen him in the evening, at least he's in the studio with Mike Tirico. Right, right, right. Which is really funny because compared to Mike Tirico, they sort of squish (laughs) Michael Phelps into these chairs and it's sort of like dad and his son. And it's almost like Mike Tirico's feet don't touch the ground. But he did a fantastic job talking about the individual medley and how this was his favorite race. He has been so insightful in a way that I did not expect. And I totally blame myself for thinking, oh, he's so egotistical and he's, you know, the goat and all that. But man, has he been, what a fantastic surprise. And he could have changed over the years. I mean, when you're competitive, maybe there's different action. But yes, he has been on the call for a couple of races and talked about like, at this point, this is what you're doing with your legs. You need to drive with your legs and not use your arms as much. And the insight he's given into the actual, what the swimmers are going through and what they need to do at certain points of the races has made for a much better viewing experience. He's done really, really well. And I hope they continue to use him. And not only for swimming, because they talked to him a little bit about the Simone Biles situation. Mm -hmm. And just obviously, he's been very public about his own mental health struggles and and how he retired and decided to come back. And again, very self-aware and very mature and able to talk about it in a way that I did not, and, and, and also very willing to share things that he doesn't have to. So clearly being married and a dad and not competing anymore. He's just, I want to be his friend now. And I would tell him to trim the beard. The beard's a little much. (laughs) My daughter said he looked like Jesus. He needed to, he needs to tighten it up a little bit. Okay. Uh, Moving on to table tennis, men's singles finished their tournament. Gold went to China's Ma Long, silver went to China's Fang Zhengdong, and bronze went to Germany's Dimitri Ofcharf. Tennis... A surprise in the men's singles in the semifinals, Novak Djokovic from Serbia lost to Germany's Alexander Zverev and uh, 6-1, 3-6, which uh, Novak Djokovic had been going for what they call the Golden Slam because he's won the first three uh, Grand Slam tournaments on the tennis circuit this year. And He'd be going for the full Grand Slam, which would add the U.S. Open, which is later this summer, and a Golden Slam, which I believe maybe only Steffi Graf has won. The Golden Slam adds the Olympic title, too. 
so he will not have that. Zverev will face ROC's Karen Kachanov in the finals. And the men's doubles tournament is over. Uh, Croatia's uh, Nik Metkic and Pavic won gold. Kilic and Dodig, from, also from Croatia, won silver. And N New Zealand's Daniel and Venus won the bronze. Trampoline, which we both watched. And I felt really bad because the female commenter, who was fantastic, Again, I, I almost wondered if it was the same woman doing dressage, but I think the two tournaments were going on at the same time. And then I thought, well, maybe they're just sisters. Maybe they just went to the same public school. <laughs> but she was also very good about talking how, what, what the athletes needed to do. But because of the schedule and COVID restrictions, the trampoline gymnast did not get to practice on the equipment until that very day. So they had a practice, they had a little bit of rest, and then they had to compete in both the semifinals and the finals all on the same day. And so she said, it really has to be your day. And if it's not, if you're having a bad day, you, this is, it, it doesn't help, which I thought was very tough on these gymnasts. And I felt really, really bad. I mean, the artistic gymnasts got podium training for, and they'll probably get, get more podium training, but it's really, it seems unfair that the trampoline gymnasts don't get much more. Do you have thoughts on the competition? <laughs> so the one thing I will say was about the coverage. So they use several different camera angles. One camera angle, you could see however high the gymnast bounced, for lack mm -hmm. of a better. And then another camera angle, the camera bounced with the gymnast. Right. <laughs> And I just kept screaming, please stop bouncing. Please stop bouncing. <laughs> because when they showed the bouncing camera, it really made me feel sort of queasy. Oh, interesting. But when they showed the full shot and I could just watch the bouncing mm -hmm. from the whole shot, I, I had no trouble. <laughs> when the camera bounced, they oh, it was like being on the worst cruise ship ever. I wonder if they do that because that the up and down camera can zoom in closer and show you more of the, the actions. There was also another can camera angle that they would show like when they were getting on the trampoline that was underneath. <laughs> it was really bizarre to look up through the mesh of the tramp and, and watch them and start to bounce. But gold went to China's Zhu, Zhu Ying, silver went to China's Liu Lingling, and bronze went to Great Britain's Bryony Page. And Canada's Rosie McLennan, who was the defending gold medalist, she placed fourth. So I like trampoline. I think it's fun to watch. It does scare me when they go that high and they can't control where they land. That really freaks me out. But I'm always kind of bummed that trampoline is only a two-day competition, one day women and one day men. I kind of wish it could be longer. I think I wish they would spread it out a little bit, you know, do it over four days. Because it's interesting. I, I feel like we, in archery, because I've watched a lot of it and because some people have been competing in three different competitions, I've gotten to know the athletes better. And this is, this is a sport that I am interested in watching and don't get to, you don't get to know these athletes very well. It's interesting with the trampoline gymnasts because they are generally older. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you will see, you know, Ryanie Page, I think is 30 and Rosie McLennan is 32. And that's not unusual. Oh, it do, why is that? Do you know? I, I don't know why that is. I, I think it's, I don't know if it's because they get into it later or 
I don't know, but they do tend to be older. And, the, and our favorite lovely English woman said they do tend to be older and they do tend to come to multiple Olympics. That's interesting. But there is a little part of me that when I was looking at these women and seeing these women in their 30s in leotards, it was very jarring because <laughs> my brain is trained to artistic gymnastics, to seeing children in leotards. Interesting. And it was, I realized it. I said, why did these women look off to me? And I was thinking, oh, I'm just not used to seeing a trampoline body or, and I realized, no, it's because I'm ageist. And I, my brain has been trained to think, oh, gymnasts need to be, you know, four foot 10 and 16. Right. Right. I was wondering what the leotards with all the, the sparkles on it looked like as in the venue, as they flipped in the air and how they caught the light, if that makes a difference. I mean, I've seen gymnastics, women's gymnastics tournaments, but I'd never paid attention to the sparkly, but I have noticed the sparkles and the crystals so much more. Because we have reached 80s prom level of gaudiness in the leotards. True, true. All right. And in volleyball and water polo, we're still in preliminary rounds. So we will check up on who else is moving on in the knockout stage and have that for you tomorrow. Uh, we'd like to give a special thank you to our Patreon patrons. Your ongoing financial support keeps our flame alive and means the world to us. Thank you for those who have been listening to our daily coverage and signed up for Patreon patronage. You, if you are interested in doing that, you can go to patreon.com slash flamealivepod. All right, Allison, who is on our Shukfustan watch for today? Kelly Clace and Sarah Sponsel will be uh, playing against Patricia and Rebecca of Brazil. I love how the Brazilians only go by one name. Oh, that's going to be good. That's the last of their pool play matches. Uh, Philip Dutton will be doing the cross country day two of eventing. And there is more sailing with Robel and Shay. Excellent. I'm definitely tuning into that cross country because uh, cross country courses are just so Amazing. And as we talked about with Atlanta 1996. You don't go to the Olympics to be a wuss. You don't go to the Olympics to be a wimp. You go to ride the horse with a punctured lung and a broken rib. And you'd have to go back to one of our Atlanta, one of our earlier episodes this year where we talked about the Australian eventing team and their, their competition in Atlanta 1996 was pretty amazing. So I am looking forward to good competition. I'm inter interested to see what the course is like and how, how it is riding in the heat in Japan. So that, that means it's time for us to say sayonara. As always, you can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com or text or voicemail us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAMEIT. Uh, don't forget our Kickstarter and help us reach our goal of bringing you on the ground coverage at Beijing. That's kickstarter.com slash profile slash flame alive pod. So as we go out to music by Mercury Sunset, thank you so much for listening. And until tomorrow, keep the flame alive.